The message you are about to listen to is brought to you by the Fountain of Life Church Hope Center. We believe that the Word of God has power through the Holy Spirit to cause remarkable changes in your life. And as you meditate and act on these words, your life will become a testimony. I want to say thank you to everyone that came, for some that left their churches to celebrate with us today. I want to say God bless you. Thank you so much. In the course of time, we would specially recognize every first timer. Um, so thank you for coming. Then at church, I also want you to please jam your hands to God for the ministry and gift upon the life of brother, Pastor David and Kenon. Can you please jam your hands together for him? For all that God is set to do in his life. Some he has a glimpse of. Some he has no clue of. But every single thing will align in time in Jesus' name. Everything will align in time in Jesus' name. Amen. Now jam your hands yourself. Jam your hands together for yourself. Jam like you know that God is about to do something in your life. Use the jamming of your hands as a show of your test of your praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are going to take this sermon in bits and we'll do it next week. So please, we beseech you if you can, please come next week. Genesis 1. I thought long and hard concerning all that was happening in service and the Lord started to piece everything together. Why would the Lord tell Emisi and I to start a church? That in itself is a very big question. Because Missy is very itinerant. Sorry if I call her Missy. I know you guys know her as PI. I know her something more. So, the mystery of starting a church in itself was very, very unconventional. For me, I was, and I am, a God lover. But I did not feel that I was going to express it by, you know, pastoring a church. It just didn't seem like what... I was going to anticipate or look forward to. I was just really com- comfortable singing for God, crying there, and just being a part of the choir. And you see, of course, very itinerant. We just didn't see that this was going to happen. And it made it happen. And we started the one year. You would have thought that the consolation gift of taking people that did not want to do his work to do his work was to set the stage. But he started ministry with us. It was formless. It was void, it was dark, but his presence hovered over the dark. And that is my message this morning. You think about the story of creation, and this was the very first time the Bible was going to be penning something down about what God was about to do. And the Bible started by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The first really big mention of God's creation plan. And you would have expected that for the type of God that he is, his creation will start off in grand style. So the Bible goes and says, let me tell you a bit about what this creation of heaven and earth looked like. It was dark. It was formless. And it was void. And the Lord started to show with me, and I'm just going to 
brood on this scripture. We'll take the remaining next week. So I started to ask myself, why would the Lord form a formless void and a dark earth? But why would he allow his spirit over, over something that is seemingly dark? And he started to tell me that most of us can relate to this. God is a God of order. He's also a God of trends. I studied economics and I've seen how trend plays out so much in the Bible that it's only madness to say that God does not exist. And it's even more insane to say that God did not create science. He knew it. They just caught up with it. So I started to find out that why would God do these things? Why would Jesus be born in a manger? Why not in the palace? Why would he use David? He was not the buffest of the, of the people. Why does he like to use the things that seem like they don't matter? Because that is a pattern with our Lord. I started to find out something about him. You see, it is only a fearful creator that likes to create a finished product. Did you hear me? It's only a fearful creator that likes to create a finished product. If you want to know how good somebody is in terms of the mastery of what he can do, give him emptiness. See them turn it into something. Then you say that this guy is good. The ones that already have, you know, finished product to recreate, that's not creation, that's a recreation. So God specializes in creating things. And when he wants to create, he tells you, you know what? I want the glory to be me and me alone. So give me the worst of it all. Give me what does not look like it. And watch me turn it around. He takes pride in taking what cannot breathe. And then, seven days later, you start to see what was once clay. Singing to God. Because he specializes in taking raw material that nobody sees and turn it into finished product. Then he looks back and looks at it and he says, it is good. I stand there amazed at everything that God is doing in our midst and I'm honestly moved to tears. At the point I just said, it's pointless. Cry this cry and let's just get it over and done with. Because we were formless. Those that were around in the first year, please just show your hands. Any alumni? Guys, it was a conference room. It was a conference room. When we started, it was it was it was ludicrous. It was crazy. We just gathered some of our people, you know, just don't shame us. Just join. And I was there asking God, what am I doing? And I'm here and I'm sitting here today. And I'm saying this, not as the finished product, but as a progressing product of what God is saying he will do. So the earth was formless. Typical of me, I decided to understand what is the dictionary definition of formless. Let me not give my assumption. And the Bible says formless is anything without a clear, definite shape or structure. And I want to address the formless things in your life this morning. What is it that by definition, it is not clear. It doesn't have a definite shape. 
I feel that hit the core of somebody right now. That God, what my calling is not clear. Today I'm like this. Tomorrow you are directing me here. Lord, it's not definite. I can't form a shape. I stand amongst people and they say, What's your five year goal? And all I can say is Jesus. Because he has no form. Because the very own, the one thing I can stand on is the consistency of himself. How be it? I can't tangi- I can't make it tangible for human men to understand. So it was formless. I looked at the definition of void. It says a completely empty space. And I look at how some of us are here. And honestly, our minds are complete tabula rasa. A state of emptiness. We don't know what to do in certain situations. Somebody is asking you, well, how are you going to pay that school fees, auntie? And I don't know. How would this illness leave you having been the seventh year The English man will say you are void of an answer. But I want you to know that this same voidness God was familiar with when he created this world. And if you appreciate what the world has become right now, you can appreciate your scenario that is only temporary. The next thing I looked at, and this was really interesting, I looked at darkness. How many of us are afraid of the dark? You don't need to be. God bless you. Some of you are raising your hands spiritually. Don't worry. I know it's a, it's a Holy Ghost service. Nobody should know that you're afraid of the dark. You know what was the most amazing thing about the definition of darkness I found out? Darkness in itself does not have an identity. Darkness feeds off the identity of light. Because the dictionary definition of darkness is the absence of light. You can check it. Darkness in its own has no identity. Check it. Open Wikipedia. Open your research. Do your research. This is not a gospel dictionary definition. It is a normal dictionary definition. Darkness is a total or a near total absence of light. So it makes sense that when God saw everything that was done or when he saw what he had to work with, you know, very, as I started to meditate on this thing, the Lord started to really change my perception as regards how I was taught this scripture when I was growing up. I always feel like when we said the earth was dark, we see the round ball but we saw that I had no light. No, sir. There was nothing. There was no round. There was absolutely nothing. Every single thing that makes up the earth today happened in six days. Nothing. So I started to look at. So now we've established the premise of what God had to work with. Have we established that premise? Formless, void, dark. Can any of us relate a certain area of our lives 
amongst these three things. If you can, just raise your hand. Fantastic. You are in the best of place. But just after God gave a definition of what he had to work with, he showed us the presence of something. He said, and the spirit of God was brooding over the face of the deep. So, I decided to find out what does the dictionary definition of brooding means? Because Victoria Reza has given us a song but lost the understanding of you are brooding over every... What does brooding mean? Brooding says... Engaged in or showing deep thoughts about something that makes one worried. So, the Holy Spirit saw what God had to work with and he started to say, no, there has to be something more. There has to be something better than what I am seeing. There has to be something that is going to blow some out of this darkness. There has to be something and he started to think vigorously about what he was saying. Guys, if you understand what the Holy Spirit does for you, you will talk to him more. The Bible says that when we pray, we, grow, we, 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 we pray with groanings that words cannot understand. The Holy Spirit, the Bible, according to dictionary definitions, it says brooding is to be engaged in or showing deep thoughts about something. So can I say to you, Whatever is formless in your life, whatever is void, whatever is dark, the Holy Spirit is here having deep thoughts about it. So do you understand when the Bible says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you. There are thoughts of what? Now let me show you the, the product of the thinking or, or the brooding of the Holy Spirit. Because the three of them are one, God the Father, God the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit thought it up and told Lord, Lord, light is the solution. Light is the solution. You know why it also makes sense? If something is the absence of light, what is the cure? The presence of light. So the Bible said, and the Lord said, let there be. Can somebody shout light? Yes. If you're excited about light, shout light. Yes. Such an answer to a massive pandemic. How does light defeat formlessness? How does it fill up a void? And how does it dispel darkness? So I started to find out that everything God created responded to the light that he said first. So let's go through it. So the first thing he said is let there be light. Another thing I found out, Sunday school teaching told me that when he said let there be light, that was the sun. No, sir. No. Because if you take verse 4, that was when he created the sun and the moon and the stars. And he said one will be higher light, one will be lesser light. So I said, so what was the light that he said? He said to himself, I want to reveal my glory 
to a formless, a dark, and a void world. The Bible says in James 1, it says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of So the first light was himself. That let there be was an introduction of himself. And from himself, everything started to come out. So when I sang praise God from whom all blessings flow, I knew what I was saying. So the first light was him. The Bible says in him is what? And his light became the and the and what does not comprehend. So you see that it is him that came out first. So when he came out I'll rush this up. You can go with me Genesis 1. You can go to Genesis Genesis 1. Just go to verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Verse 4. And God saw the light. And it was good. And God divided the light and the darkness. How many of you feel like, maybe because of the things you've done in the past, like Brother David in Ken, or 10 years just to get into the university, you feel like time passed you by or you're in a season of your life that you feel that you have wasted time. How many people are there? God is about to liberate you. I found this and I shouted. You know how we feel like time is so, did they say opportunity once lost can never be recovered? Out of God came light. Light was what defined morning and night. So look at verse 5. It says he called the light day and the darkness night. What does that mean, guys? If you have light, you have greater than time. Meaning even if it feels like you have lost time because light is in you. You know, Let me explain it. Holy Spirit, help me. It was after light came that time had its purpose. Did you understand me? Light was what gave definition to time. So when God says, you are like me, you are light. So it means that even when time in human form seems against you, you can recover it because light is greater than time. And that is why somebody that according to academics waited 10 years to get jammed. He is still a blessing to his world. What has God done? He made nonsense of that shame that 10 years would have cost him. And he has given him a seat of power. So, he met his wife in his first year and she was graduating. God 
master's time. So do you understand when God, oh, when Jacob was fighting and he needed the son to stand still, all God had to do was to say, light, which is me, stay a little longer. Day and night automatically lost his bearing. You don't get. Joshua, sorry. Was it Joshua? Joshua, sorry, not Jacob. When Joshua wanted his son to stand still so that he can defeat. God said, it's not hard now. Is it not a construct of time? I am greater than time. So he says, okay, what gives time is essence, light and day. Sorry, light and darkness. Day and night. So if I say light, stay a little more such that darkness has no room, I have spot the balance of time. Is somebody getting what I'm trying to say? What it means is that while you should be at 9 p.m. expecting the moon, God said, suns keep shining. Somebody got it in the spirit. Meaning that why it seems like as if you have gotten to the end of your road. God says, no, I am giving extra time. He sustained light. And for as long as light was sustained, darkness could not enter shift until they won that war. That was all that happened. He sustained light in the place where darkness was supposed to enter shift. So it seemed like as if the sun stood still. All he did was to say light, remain. So does somebody understand that the God you serve is not moved by the fact that you are 35 and you are not yet married? Or that we are 7 years and we are still trusting God for these beautiful kids? It's not a deal breaker for him. Do you get me? Because even greater than Thanos he can flip the script. My brother said something so powerfully. He said, how can a nation be born in one day? A spoken word. And everything around that man changed. No longer would you be Abraham. You will be called Abraham. Instantly. Things started to follow the word that was spoken. No more would you be called Jacob. You are now Israel. Everything started to constellate to make that man favored of the Lord how much more you that you have a better covenant so for anybody that is still afraid of time he has conquered it and he can do it again the next verse I'm trying to show you how everything found their existence from light the Bible says and God said let there be firmaments in the midst of the waters and let it divide water from waters. You know when I read this, I was a bit like, God, how do I? And he said, Olumide, you, are a, you went to school. Guys, can I ask you, what happens when light touches water? How many of you have heard of vapor? Mist. As heat starts to touch water, it starts to evaporate vapor and where does that vapor go 
So what did God do? Lights came. Vapor started to happen. It started to separate waters. Vapor needs a home. They're called the clouds. Also known as the sky. Verse 7. Thus God made the firmaments, divided the waters which were under the firmaments from the waters which were above the firmaments. The firmaments are the skies. Eight. And it was so. And he called the firmaments heaven. Use the NLT. God called the space what? So what did he do? By the result of light. Vapor became cloud and it stored up there. And the earth also remained, also had its water. Do you understand what I'm saying? That everything was formless. So he did not meet sky there when he said let there be light. No. He made sky after he said let there be light. Can you understand what I mean by everything was formless? Let me tell you something. Some of you, your life is still not formless. You think it's formless. But you, have, you still have something. If you really look at formless, this is formless. There was no heaven, there was no earth. Oh, by the way, I found out. You know you think that when the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. After that, he now said, let there be light. No. It is almost like a writer giving you a preamble to what he's about to talk about. So, in the beginning, the actor died. Then verse 2, now started telling you when the actor was born. Do you get it? So, this was when he created the skies. King James calls it the heavens. So that scripture that says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The practicality was verse 8. So it was formless. There was no heaven and earth that God used as raw material. The heavens and the earth, he had to bring it to pass. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? I don't think your situation is that bad. I don't think it's that awful. That there's nothing in your life that you can hold on to. I'm talking about someone that had nothing to work with and every single thing he had to create from scratch. Now that is nine. Now see verse, see verse nine. So we have established he created the what? The skies, the heavens. And what stays there? The waters. Good. Nine says, then he said, let the waters beneath the sky. So now we can understand that he has separated them up and down. Now the down, you would have thought that there was earth there. No. It was still formless. All that was there was water. So, he had to still think. So, when I say God is thinking critically about your matter, I need you to understand how deep his thoughts of love towards you is. When he saw all that was water, he said, you know what? I'm still going somewhere. And where I'm going is that I will create animals, then I will create one that looks like me. I need him to be able to walk on land. But there was no land. So, what did he say? He says, let the waters beneath the sky. Let them flow together in one place. So what did he do? In all the things that was water, he had to now start to excavate. Now gather all the waters to one place and tell them, you, you cannot pass here. You, you cannot pass here. You, you cannot pass here. In that, he carved out Africa. In that, he carved out US. In that, he carved out the continents of the world by separating waters. And when he separated water, what was left? land that we never saw came out. The Bible says, and he put everything in one place. So, when water is gone, 
what will be left dry ground. Can you understand what I'm saying? When he did that, land appeared. Now, land is what you call earth. So it was in nine that he created earth. Is somebody there? Ten. He called the dry ground land. Another definition, look at the King James. King James called it earth. And the waters sea. And God saw that it was good. Next slide. God is good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed bearing plants and trees that grow seed bearing fruits. These seeds will then produce its kind of plants and trees from every from which they came. Now, he put seed in the ground. That's what he did. Then the Lord asked me again, Olumide, do you remember agriculture? I said, yes, Lord. Said, how do you grow a plant? You put the seed in the ground, but don't you need light? Photo. So, do you understand that science is catching up with everything God had done? So, He put it in seed, made sure that there was water and there was land. How many of you know that if you put the seed on gross water, there is nothing to hold it? That was why he separated. So now he separated such that something can have the ability to incubate your seed. Then upon lights falling on it, it starts to what? Germinate and sprout. Light. I'm here to say to somebody, God is a God of order. If he has not gotten to that thing that you are trusting him for, he is creating the environment to make sure that that thing can thrive and it can grow. Because you will find out why it was important. Because I thought about it. You see, there are some people here that you, being human, you are comparing yourself that why did God do it first for the plants? Guys, do you know that the plants were the first bearer of fruitful and multiply? In fact, you were not the second recipient. You were the third. Because he said be fruitful and multiply to the animals. Your difference is what? Dominate. Why would God say dominate when he has not created what you should dominate over? Why? So you see sometimes when you are saying, God, give me, give me, give me now. Understand the fact that delay from God is not wickedness. He is setting things in motion. So this had to be planted. Guys, see, see how funny things are. He created the plants. Then he created the animals that will eat the plants. Then he created the human that can eat the animals and the plants. I know the thought I'm thinking towards you. The thoughts of good, not of evil. To give you a what? A what? A hope and a... See, let me explain that very briefly. Hope and future. 
Hope is telling you the future now. That is what it is. So he's saying that while you are waiting, the plan I have for you will first make you know that I'm a good God that is taking you somewhere. But guess what? I'm not the one that only tells you dreams but don't bring it to pass. I tell you dreams, I show you promises and I take you there. How many times have you gone to the bus stop and you ask them, you go to Yaba, excuse me ma, I'm looking for Glover Road. They say, ah, Glover Road. Eh, yeah, go left, go right, go forward, go back. What they gave you was hope that you'll get there, but they did not give you future because they did not follow you to the place. Is somebody listening? They didn't hold you by the hand to say, follow me. You see, this is the left I told you. This is the right I told you. Now look at us. We are on Glover. It is not everybody that tells you hope that has the ability to bring you to future. But when God says, the plans I have towards you, doesn't just talk you happy. It gets you to the destination. Can somebody serve God and wait for him to take you by the hands to the place he's sending you to? The hope and the future. So he created this next verse. The land produced vegetations. Okay, yes. 12, 13. And everything passed and morning came, marking the third day. Can you imagine all the things that we have done? I mean, all the things that we have been talking about, it was just day three for God. That's for somebody. What is it that you are going through? Like in three days, earth was formed. Heaven was formed. Light came about. Now see, 14. We are round enough now. And the Lord said, let the great lights appear in the sky. So this was when he now started to create the lights that appeared in the sky. There was light. In him was light. So he now started to show a bit of himself to the creation of the sun. Can you see why it is erroneous when you start to worship the thing that only has a subset of your God? There are some religions of the world that they worship the sun. You know. But the sun was an aftermath of his entire light. Can I tell somebody something? The sun is not the total light of God. God is greater than the light of the sun. Now for someone that is a scientist now, you will find it hard to believe because they've told you about the heat that emanates from the sun. Can I shock you? Your God is hotter. If he gave all of himself to the sun, there will not be enough for all of us. So he gave a small portion to the sun. Is somebody getting me? So he said, greater light. Let it stay in the sky. Guys, who are you that you can tell the sun not to live where he is and the sun since creation had stood where the Lord sent it to stand? Guys, I hope you know that when they say that the sun is getting hotter, it's not that the sun is coming more, it's, it's coming down, down, down. No. It's your ozone layer that was supposed to be God's protective covering for you, not to feel the full weight of the sun that is thinning out. It's not that the sun is losing position. It's not like as if the sun is moving from D to E. It, no, no, it's not that. It's that what protects you is thinning out. The sun, since God said, stay there. I've not been able to say, God, I want to go and break. Who are you, God? That song says, You place the stars in the sky 
and you know them by name. Ah, you are amazing, God. So then he says to that, and he says, Let the moon also stay. Look at what he says. He said, Not only do I want you to stand there, I want you to now start to give definition to seasons. So is there somebody here that you feel that the season of your life has passed? Guys, it is only a subset of what the sun is doing. The sun is what created definition. See, let them mark off the seasons, days and years. Next slide. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. 16. Then God made two great lights, the sun and the moon. Now you can see. This was when he made them. The larger one to govern the day, the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. Next slide. God said to the lights in the sky, God set these lights in the sky to light the earth. You see that it was not, this was not the one he was talking about in Genesis 1 verse 2. This was not the let there be light. This one is just created now for the earth. Hallelujah. Continue. Yes. Um, to govern the day and the night and to separate the lights from darkness. And God saw that it was good. 19. Glory to God. And the evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Yes, sir. 20. Then the Lord said, let the water swim with fishes and other life. So this was the first time God created life. Let the skies be filled with the birds of every kind. So God created great, great sea creatures and every living thing and scurries and swarms in the, in the waters, every sort of bird, each producing offerings of its kind. There is something about this thing that he keeps hammering on. Each producing offsprings of his kind. Let me explain something to you. This was supposed to foretell what he was going to create when he was talking about man. So do you understand that he already started doing like a litmus test. He said, you know, let's do plants. Do they look alike? If this, if this seed becomes a full plant, does it look like the seed again? He says, yes. Okay, good. We passed on that. Let's look at animals. If an egg breaks in the yolk or breaks out and becomes a little chicken and the chicken grows up, does that chicken become a full chicken? Then the chicken can now lay egg. He said, yes. So each opposition of his kind, you know what? Let us make man in our image. Because this was comparing earthly things to earthly things. They were just built up for him to convert spiritual things to earthly things. Because he needed to be sure that these things were going to work. So after he has seen with the plants, he has seen with the animals. Then he said, you know what, guys? And that was why he had a meeting. Because the next creation was nothing like before. It was nothing like seeds. It was nothing like embryos or animals. This one is me. I want to birth myself. And I want it to be tangible enough. Because the Bible says God is spirit. I want to birth myself. But I want what is spirit to now start to become visible. <laughs> And I want this visible thing to carry every single nature that I carry. Is somebody understanding me? And that was when the Bible says, and they said, let us make man. I haven't done all these ones. Okay, so let's make man. I want to say something about your God. You don't serve a God that is 
limited. This will sound like, you can go to that, um, let's make one, yes. This will sound like something that is unthinkable. Like God, I understand a seed, a seed is physical, and I understand that the germination process is, but how do you take a spirit and you make spirit physical? It's the same thing he's trying to tell you now. I can make the Holy Spirit that is at work in you birth physical manifestations. So when we say things like pray to God and you are here, but I cannot see God. He's saying that you don't get, I had already finished this type of thinking in creation. I had already created from what is unseen myself that you can see. Because we now are in the image of God. Not only physically, he now also gave us his spirit. What does this mean for you and I? Because you are in his image. Now think of everything that he has done. The first thing, he saw void. You can see void and call forth light. And and you can see void and fill it with something. He saw something that was formless and shapeless. Now they say that the earth was spherical. Who made it spherical? Come on, help me now. In the beginning, the earth was not spherical. It was shapeless. It did have shape. What is spherical today is the instrumentality of what God has done. So what am I saying? You are in an industry that is shapeless. I wish somebody gets this thing. See, why God makes you light is so that the current things that still remain shapeless, you can give it definition. Some next week I'm going to show you. The reason why light remains light is because it gives. What does it give? It gives rays. It gives Light doesn't take. Light gives. You know when the Bible says nobody lighted a lamp and put it under a bushel. What he was saying is light wants to give itself but somebody covered what is given. It's not that light wanted to take, no. So what he says is now unveil it. So for some of you what God is saying or for all of you, all of us is that the nature of God is to give to a dying world. And he is now going to make you the center of attraction. You the carrier. Because now you see every single thing that light has done. Now he now says, you are the light of the world. See what light created. Then he's saying, when you go to your industry, understand that when you go to an industry that does not have form, don't be those part of people that say this place has no structure. The world had no structure. Light came and gave it structure. So you see, the reason why you must appreciate this is every time you come to God and it is about you, you don't demonstrate the nature of light. Because light is not about itself. Light is about how far I can reach. Do you understand? By you reaching all the places that you can reach, you now become a thing of importance. Because the Bible says, and king and Gentiles will come to your light, and kings to the bright. To what? So if you keep yourself constantly asking God to brighten your light, you don't need to pray for kings. Some of you, you feel that being a king is the highest throne. No, sir. There is a level on the earth where kings cast their, cast their crowns. 
They cast their account effortlessly to greater light. Which one do you want to be? A king or a light carrier? Come on, say, I want to be a light carrier. I want to be a light carrier. So the nature of God is to give himself. So the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave because light gives. And Jesus came shining bright and the brightness of Jesus became the salvation of all men. So that when you now take up the nature of God, somebody will say, just because of how you are, I am casting my 10 million naira for free. Do you understand that testimony? Because of the nature of the rays of light that you are effortlessly shining on us. The money that we have, we cast it down freely to you. Because we cannot go to another country and be deprived of this light. God is asking, do you understand my nature now? So this is why we don't seek ourselves. Because by seeking ourselves, we cannot extend ourselves. Do you understand me? So when he came and he says God wants us to hallow his name, I got the memo because it is until I be lifted up that I can draw all men unto me. Your biggest battle is self, not the devil. There is a place for the devil. You know where it is? Under your feet. It is already stated. You don't, God is not reinventing a new way to defeat the devil. He did it already in Genesis. Then when Jesus now came, Jesus perfected it. Jesus said, all power in heaven and even in hell has been given to me. Then he now says, I give you this power to trample upon snakes and scorpions and every fiery dart of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The devil is not your biggest problem. Your biggest problem is yourself. Everything that wants to ascribe glory only to you is going to also call for destruction. And that is why as conduits of light, please shine. Nobody would ever say arise and sit. Arise and shine. You don't appreciate morning if the sun is hiding. You appreciate the morning because the sun is shining. Is somebody getting me? Do you understand how joy lives in you when there is morning? Like arrow, the morning. Every single thing in the world is waiting for the morning to happen. In fact, you know what? I found out that life in itself had no definition until light came. Because there had always been darkness. But you see, I read something that blew my mind. The guy said, darkness could not create the world. Only light could create the world. There was always darkness. The Bible says darkness covered the nation. They couldn't do anything with darkness. So everything responds to light. You are light. 
do you get that everything responds to you but when you do not enter the position the bible says of what use is salt when it loses its taste of what use is light when it refuses to shine let me tell you something as we round off the nature of god today is telling you that you are like him and if you see all the beautiful things he did in genesis 1 from 1 to 26 you can do much more but everything god did here was to show that he is good and he loves you because he set up the stage that he said let us make man let him have dominion meaning let him continue from where i stopped i asked god this question i said god now i see the beauty of the world but does that take away the darkness that is still in the world and he gave me a simple answer i left that for you to fix If we stand at the sun, if we open these windows, or sorry, this roof, and we get the direct penetration of the sun, is there any use for these lights? So God did the world in such a way that he gave you work to do. Now, he did not give you work because he hates you. His need for you to have a name, his need for you to be fulfilled, his need for you to succeed, was why he allowed you to solve problems. That's why. So why does bad things happen to good people? God does not do bad. The Bible says, let no man say that he is tempted by God. For God does not tempt with iniquity. We are all tempted by the lust in our own hearts. That's what James says. However, when calamity now happens, God sends his army, his children, and he says, go fix it. The reason why Nigeria will have a better balance sheet today is because some of you that studied accounting, God is sending you to certain industries. While when other people are changing zero, you will insist that this zero must be this zero. That is you fixing it. That is light shining. The moment you conform to them, what you have told them is, give me your bushel, you cover me. That is what happens. So I'm praying this morning as we rise up. That we will take up our positions as light bearers. And would extend of ourselves. Guys, everything you need for life and godliness, you have it. The next thing I want to tell you is, God saw. I mean, God, God thought and he spoke. He thought about it. The Bible says the Holy Spirit was brooding, thinking. And he said that it would be great for light to be here. You know what? Light be. Can Christians start to use their mouths for good things? Can we start to think about good things? You see, when your thought pattern is, God, let me be rich so that I can come out of poverty. It has not solved the need. Hey, come on. Did you get me? Come on. It has not solved the need. Jesus only took up poverty so that you can be rich. He took the, the, the only, there was a need for even him taking up poverty so that by you, by his being poor, you can be rich. So that your riches can do something in the world. So we need to come alive. If you get this message clearly, you will see that selflessness is the nature of our God. And as you behold him and you become like him, and you become like him from level to one glory to one glory, guess what you are doing? You are moving from one level of selflessness to another level of selflessness. There are some people in this house that if God says, give me this, they don't think about it. There are some people that when God says, give me this, they cast that, they cast that spirit. Because you need to move. And as you start to encounter him, 
Look at this church, guys. What does Olumide know? Do you think if you ask me for another level now, I will not dive in? Because I can see what he has done. So as you behold him, you lose yourself. So can we pray? Lord, help me to be a light carrier. As I look at your face, I become alive to my assignment. Help me, Lord, to cease being selfish and to embrace selflessness. Let this light shine. Let this life be a giving life. Oh, I see the chaos in the world. That is why I pray, Lord, help me to be light to fix these issues. If you know you are here and you have contributed to the darkness of the world because you have taken the wrong side. The good thing about God is it's never too late. It only becomes late when the trumpet is sounding. So today is a good day for you. If you know you want to commit to being that light. You see, when I give this call, I don't give this call to those that have never been born again. Because I feel that the, the mistake we are making is we think that when God says that the, the, there are people here that you are, you, are, you, are, you, you know God no you know of God but you don't know God you are familiar that there is bombing somewhere but you have not experienced it so you know about God you know, you know the things that pertain to God but you don't know him you cannot live his life if, only you, if you are only knowing of him you need to know him so today is that day of invitation you are that person with all heads bowed with all eyes shut just raise your hand and say Lord I want to be a light carrier I want to give of myself I want to be like you I don't want to only look like you I want to be like you I live all my sinful ways anybody raising up your hands don't be shy nobody's light can save you if you don't accept the true light Hallelujah. One last prayer point as my wife comes up. Lord, I receive grace. Can we say it? Lord, I receive grace to shine bright in this world. Open your mouth and pray. That you've been richly blessed by this message. We are a ministry with a mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, which birth hope, love, and so much more. For more information, you can follow us on our social media platforms at TFOLC Hope Center on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or you can visit our website www.tfolchopecenter.org. God bless you. Hope Center.